You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Thank you for listening. My name's Charlotte Greenway. It is the evening of Friday the 23rd of July and the night before the Ascot King George. In this episode, I'm going to take you through some of the interviews which have featured on the podcast this week regarding runners at tomorrow's meeting. It makes sense to start with jockey William Buick, who will be aboard impressive derby winner Adair in tomorrow's King George. I know you didn't ride a day out in the derby, but he's a horse that you obviously know well. You were behind him on Hurricane Lane, who's subsequently gone on to win to win two group ones. You are well placed to tell me how good you think this group of three year old Colts is. Yeah, I think they're a, I think they're a good bunch. I mean, I thought Adiar was very impressive at Epsom. Um, you know, you, you you can't take away from what he did that day. I thought he was a very impressive derby winner. It didn't come as a complete surprise, you know. Um, you know, he, he's uh, he's lead up to the race. Although he didn't win any of his two trials, he ran well in both of them. And I, you know, I look, Hurricane Lane has, has obviously taken the Derby Epsom very well, and he come out of it and, and possibly has improved a little bit from it. Um, you know, I think winning the, winning the Irish Derby and the Grand Prix of the Parry, um, you know, you'd have to say he's he's taken a step forward for sure. If there was a surprise to, to everybody at Epsom, it seemed to be that Adar had a, a real turn of foot to add to what we already knew was a strong staying game. Yeah, you know, he's he's just looked like a very good horse at Epsom. You know, obviously, you know, Adam gave him a great ride, um, and he got the split at the perfect time, and didn't didn't have to move. He was drawn one and never moved off the rail once. You know, he didn't cover any extra ground, um, which is uh, obviously a huge advantage. But it's very unusual to to. To, um, to to get away with that round Epsom. Do you do you think he's a horse that needs a drop of rain to be seen at his very best? Well, not necessarily. Well, I, like most people, just want good ground. You know, good ground, no no jar in it, um, and and then that that's a level playing field for everyone, isn't it? You know, the the Derby was it was obviously very soft on the Friday, and then we started a Saturday on on probably a little bit tacky ground, then. By the time the derby was run, it probably dried out to nearly good ground, you would say. Um, and to be honest, when he ran at Lingfield in the, in the, in the Lingfield derby trial, you know, you, you could say the ground was a bit soft for him. Um, you know, like we saw at Epson, he's a horse with a kick. Um, so for that to be fully effective, you, you, you certainly wouldn't want the ground too slow. But, but if, we, if we get good ground, I think everyone will be very happy. Now, you've got this race by the short and curlies in some respects because you rode Odaria, who pushed Love all the way in the Prince of Wales as at Ascot. You rode Wonderful tonight to be very impressive in the Hardwick, albeit in the mud. Uh, so you've got a pretty good line on what it's going to take to win this race. Can you talk to me about it from that perspective? Yeah, I mean, you know, Love, Love she, she commands huge respect. You know, she's a fantastic filly. Um, and has a near near, near faultless record. Um, she was very impressive in in all her starts last year, um, and she got the job done in the Prince of Wales. Um, I think there were two good fillies, both Love and Odaria, and uh, on the day Love Love just prevailed. Um, 
I'm sure she would come on for that. And I'm, I'm sure she will probably be, be better up to a mile and a half. Um, wonderful tonight. She's brand dependent. Um, but like you said, she was very impressive in the hard week. She was very impressive when, when she won the um, Phillies and Mares on Champions Day last year. Uh, and if she were to get her grand conditions, of course she's a she's a she's a danger. Um, you know, she she's a, a genuine Group One filly um, who stays well and again has all the required um, abilities to to be very competitive. Now the other three-year-old runner in the race is Lone Eagle. He was a very close second to Adele's stablemate Hurricane Lane in the Irish Derby, and Nick managed to catch up with his trainer Martin Mead on Wednesday. Martin, what confidence can you give me going into the weekend? Well, uh, I was thrilled with uh, his run in the car, I have to say. And uh, everything was right about the race. Everything he did in the race was right. Um, the only problem was re- the result, I suppose. Um, he, he's come out of it very well. Um, he's a horse that's uh, very, very straightforward. Um, and the, he's, 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 he's just flourishing, I think. Um, and obviously... You know, on Saturday is a big task, um, but you know I'm sort of confident that uh, you know he'll produce uh, a really good showing there. Another horse arriving in top form for the King George is Philly Wonderful tonight. However, when we saw her win the Hardwick last time out, the ground was pretty testing, and so when Nick caught up with her trainer David Minuisi on Thursday morning, he asked how likely we are to see her line up. Yeah, of course. No, she's declared already, and. Uh... Yeah, uh, we will just be uh, keeping our fingers crossed that uh, the, the rain materializes. And uh, if it does, I can't see why we wouldn't give it a go. If it doesn't materialize, would you definitely not run? If it doesn't materialize at all, uh, and the ground, the ground is remaining good to firm as it is, there's a strong possibility that I may not, may not run. Yeah. But would that would that be judged on a on a walk of the track on the day? So if he if he'd watered extensively, would that change your mind? <laughs> Depends what uh, what that means, you know. But um, no, we'll definitely be there uh, lunchtime, have a walk, and uh, engage on the day um, what the grounds like, and therefore what the decision will be. Okay. Um, it, it doesn't sound as though you feel she needs a a deluge. Look, I think the filly she's uh, she's much uh, stronger than she was last year. So possibly she could get away with uh, the the ground being a bit quicker uh, than uh, she could handle last year. But uh, let's not forget that she ran uh, really well twice on uh, on. Probably good to firm ground. I mean, when she ran in the Vermeil, the ground wasn't far off good to firm. Even though the French called it good to soft, <laughs> I think somebody calls it good to soft at eight o'clock in the morning, and they can't be bothered to change the going later. But I mean, it was uh, it was it was quick ground when she ran in the Vermeil last year on quick ground. She she probably performs, you know, half a stone below her best. I would say. So, which is still respectable, but obviously not good enough to win a, a, a massive group on race. This year, you know, being stronger and what have you, can she uh, can she handle the quick conditions better? I don't know, and I, you know, clearly I won't know until I try. 
but that's a, that's a, an ace uh, I would have liked to play later on in the uh, in the year rather than in in, in July basically she's clearly in, in great form um, uh, you've got the option of the Lily Langtree at Goodwood next week the forecast looks a bit more unsettled so I guess that would factor ca- into calculations as well it, it, the sooner you get to Glorious Goodwood yeah look I mean uh, looking at the forecast also for for, for Sussex next week um, in my opinion the ground could be good to soft soft side of good maybe a bit worse actually on the Tuesday but it should get better as we go along. Uh, but obviously, it's very, very variable because there's thunderstorms, so nobody can really predict what's going to happen. But yeah, so it's not like we don't have another option. Uh, but at the moment, we just to, to need to play it uh, day by day. Trainer Stuart Williams has two fancied runners at Ascot on Saturday, the first of which being Desert Dreamer in the Group 3 Princess Margaret. And Tom Stanley gave him a call on Friday morning to find out what he's made of her last two runs at Newmarket. Well, I think she was a little bit unlucky in the uh, Empress Stakes. She didn't get a clean run through um, and didn't get beat very far. So we felt a little bit aggrieved that day. Um, Last time we were on the other side of the track to Sandrine. Um, Obviously, Sandrine looks very good and she was a clear-cut winner. Um, But I I would have liked to have been on the same side as her would... um, maybe got a bit closer to her. Mm. Is it fair to say she settled down a bit, certainly in comparison to that that second start where she was pretty free early? She won very well, mind. Yeah, I I think mainly it's because those two races, the first two races, obviously she was a bit babyish, but uh, they were run at a very slow pace early on. Whereas as we've stepped her up in grade, they're obviously going a faster pace right from the start and uh, that seemed to have suited her and she's just dropped her head and settled nicely. Did you always feel she was in before she ran? Did you, you know, you had a, a good one on your hands? Well, we she'd been working well. We didn't have that many two-year-olds at the start of the year. We only had about six in training, and there was only two of them in work. So it's it's not always easy to get a line. But she'd been she'd been working with a couple of our older sprinters and working well. So we knew she was quite good. But when I run in the the first race at Newmarket and I turned up in the paddock, all the trainers were there, and they all said. We like this one, we like this one, we like this one. And you kind of get a little bit cold feet then. You think, well, all these trainers like Andrew Balling and William Haggis and um, James Tate, and they've got a lot more horses than I've got. And they're saying they like them. Um, But she won that nicely. And they were right. That race turned out to be a really warm race. There's been about nine winners come out of the race. And... um, you know, it's uh, it's proven to be a decent race. Yeah, now you know what it's like. Whereas a as a as a journalist or presenter, you go to Newmarket in the springtime and you come out with about fifty two year olds to keep on side. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's there right. you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, will you be concerned if I mean, who knows what's going to happen with conditions with the rain that could be about? What would you like to happen ideally? Oh, listen, given good ground on every occasion, I'd take it. Mm. You know, so I, you know, I, I, I think she's fine um, on anything that isn't extreme. I don't think she's really ground dependent. Um, so I wouldn't want it rock hard, and I wouldn't want it heavy. But anything in between, I'm sure she'll be fine. And what are your feelings going back to Ascot? Yeah, I'm not. I, I listen. To, Queen Mary's a very 
very strange race um, with the draw bias on the track on the day and the American horses going off so fast. Mm. I just think it was... Um, she just got a little bit out of her ground and a little bit out of her comfort zone early on and didn't finish off her race in the usual style. Right, Lord Rapscallion, uh, draw-wise, first of all, hi. You happy enough there? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, and what we've seen this year at Ascot, I'm happy to be where we are. Um, he's an uncomplicated horse. He doesn't have to make the running but uh, there wasn't a lot of pace on it, Newmarket and the Bunbury Cup, so we ended up in front. But, um, you know, a lot of it will depend uh, on Mutta um, KL and if he can reproduce his Bunbury Cup run, I think probably the rest of us are playing for <laughs> second fiddle. Mm. Oh, you, you know, I suppose uh, the, the nature of the track is slightly different, I suppose. Do, does that change the way you approach the race? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And um, as I say, that he did win the Bunbury Cup well last year and didn't really go on from that on other tracks. So mm. it's, it's possible he he is a new market specialist, um, but he was mighty impressive that day. Same question, conditions-wise, happy enough if it if it stays pretty quick? Yeah, he's got form on all sorts of um, all sorts of ground. So yeah, I'm not worried about him uh, condition-wise. He's very very versatile. Has he surprised you at all this year? Um, well, he's doing what we hoped he'd do when I bought him. He wasn't running very well on the all-weather through the winter. Mm. Um, but uh, that obviously changed as soon as we switched to the turf. He looked like a different horse. And um, we'll probably give the um, winter season a miss with him this year. Stuart, wish you best of luck with both of them. No problem. Thanks very much. So that's all for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And Nick will be back with you on Monday morning. I hope you all have a lovely weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.